Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. Good morning, Al Bat. Hey, Al. It's Lisa Kay. How are you? Hey, Lisa. I am doing wonderfully well. I hope you are, too. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk to you on this day. It's supposed to be super hot today. Yeah, I I had a couple of phone calls early, and they both started out with... uh, Boy, I am sick of this heat. How about you? <laughs> or words to that effect. So, weren't we just talking about the cool temperatures not too long ago? We are, yeah. And um, I, that's I try not to whine much in the winter. <laughs> you know, it's hard, but I, I don't like the hot weather. I like it a little cooler. So I figure if I don't whine much, maybe I won't get a lot of really beastly hot. And I know there's probably folks listening from uh, another state that are saying, what are you talking about? It's not hot at all. And it, boy, for us, it's uh, it gets 90 degrees. It's it's hot. It's a warm one, right. I've got a lot of questions that people have left with me. When are you going to talk to Al again? I said, I'll write oh. the questions out. So now, um, and the most amazing one that I was, uh, it actually came kind of out of a conversation I had with my friend in his driveway, where I noticed in my yard, in my area, my neighborhood, I shouldn't say, it was across the street, uh, there were, uh, do we call it a murder of crows? Yeah. Is that what I was seeing? But there there are so many crows in my neighborhood, one specifically underneath my tree taking the peanuts that I put out, which I thought that was fine, but there were a plethora of other birds waiting over on the trellis on the side of the house for the crow to leave before the bird went back. Uh, birds went back to their feeders. Um, so I have all of these crows, and my friend in his driveway, I sat there and counted probably 15 I thought they were pigeons. He goes, I don't know if they're pigeons or crows, or excuse me, pigeons or doves. He said one of them is white, and the rest, the I only saw gray ones. So he said, find out what the difference is between a dove and a pigeon. And <laughs> I said, I think it's a completely different bird. But he honestly doesn't know, and I couldn't really answer. Sure. And first, you know, a murder of crows, that, that is right. And uh, what an unkind name. You know, when you think <laughs> about it, a murder of crows. It, um, they're beautiful birds. And you, you see bunches of them now, flocks, because uh, they have young ones that are out. And I saw one in the yard, and I walked over by it, and he didn't know what I was probably, so he wasn't very afraid. And he had the bluest eyes, because baby crows just have these lovely blue eyes, mm. uh, like Frank Sinatra. I think Frank Sinatra, Jack yeah. Benny, for yeah. folks around a certain age, had the bluest eyes. So they have these blue eyes, and they have the young from last year help take care of the young from this year. So you end up with a pretty large family. Oh. And, uh, oh boy, they had... Uh, a crow cow, a collective cow, when I got near that one. They all flew in and were, I don't think they were being complimentary in any way of what they were calling me. They just weren't happy to have me near their baby. Mm-hmm. And if I find a crow on the road that's been hit by a car, it's this time of year, and it's a young one, because mm. they just don't understand what is uh, going on and the speed of cars and everything else. So they, uh, they are really cool. Uh, pigeons and doves, uh, they're... They're kind of the same thing, and they're kind of not, if that makes any sense. <laughs> we have pigeons, and people call them uh, rock doves. They're rock pigeons. Uh, a lot of the books will have different names. 
they are barn pigeons to some, park pigeons, city pigeons, and these are the little bigger ones. Uh, the most common one, they're kind of a gray color with blue and black on them, mm-hmm. and they're forever cooing. Uh, people, we have homing pigeons, racing pigeons, all kinds of things like that. And once in a while, you get some white ones in there. I know I used to visit over a little town called Alden, mm-hmm. and a guy raised these pigeons, and they were all white, and they were so beautiful to see them flying up there in this large, large flock. I suppose there was 50 of them or so. But pigeons and doves are the same, and they're different. Uh, we have morning doves here and they're the ones that we most often see in our yards and they're the ones that are cooing and walking around on the ground and just uh just neat birds to see we also have eurasian collar doves that look very much like them although it looks like somebody took a morning dove and cut off the tip of its tail with a scissors so it's a little shorter tail Hmm. and then they uh drew a, a ring around the collar so they have this ring around the collar of black. And I heard one singing this morning. They do a hoo-hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo-hoo, And they sing that over and over, and then they make sort of a bleh sound when they <laughs> land and, and fly off sometime. So there is no real formal difference between these two birds, a dove and a pigeon. Again, uh, the pigeons, we think of them as city birds, and because of that, uh, I don't know, we we probably generally think of them as less appealing just because we see them in the big cities and stuff, but they are beautiful birds. And pigeon, I believe, is uh, a French word, and I know for sure that dove comes from uh, the Nordic language. But in many languages, the birds are the same. And there's, uh, I think there's over 300 species of doves and pigeons. So they're, uh, they're a fabulous group of birds. I know I heard from somebody today say, why don't I ever see baby pigeons? And because if you don't see where they've hatched in their nest, by the time you see them, they're the same size as a regular pigeon. So we don't know that they're still babies. But... Uh, that I don't know if that's going to help him identify them. <laughs> uh, the rock pigeons are bigger, so it's one of the easiest things to to recognize that they're just bigger birds, okay. more robust, and uh, so there's there's few differences between them in appearances. Uh, they're both kind of large birds with stout bodies. They have small heads and short legs. So it's, uh, they're beautiful birds, and I'm glad you got to see them. Yeah, and it's funny because he lives a couple of roads away from me, and he has all of the pigeons. I have none. I have all of the crows. He has none. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just a difference in where they are, but um, I the crows in my neighborhood were sitting on top of my neighbor's house, and as a, a mother and her small child were learning how to ride his bike down the street, the crows took off and they were cawing and scared the boy and I was sitting on my front step and uh, mom was trying to you know convince him it's okay they're not coming after us they were just um, you know it was kind of a scary thing they're big birds and then I don't have any pigeons but he said that he has to take uh, he watches because um, there's hawks that appear and they go after the pigeons yeah and um, 
a number of them will go after pigeons, and then we have Cooper's hawks, and they love. It seems the the female Cooper's hawk is considerably larger than the male Cooper's hawk. And boy, what I see, it seems like one of her favorite prey items, and perhaps her favorite prey item is a morning dove. So they really go after mm. them. Okay, well, maybe that's it. We'll watch that in his neighborhood. Yeah, you'll see there'll be a pile of feathers in a yard or something that looks like a bird exploded. Yep. And yep. that'll be uh, the work of a Cooper's Hawk. A Cooper's Hawk. I'll have to let him know that because he, he often uh, will text me, there is a bird murder happening. <laughs> yeah, there are. And, uh, you know, people say they come into the bird feeders. Well, Cooper's Hawk thinks that bird feeders are actually bird feeders. So oh, sure. We're offering birds for them to sure. eat. Sure. Yeah, it's like a drive-in, I guess. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now, he also mentioned that there is um, babies, baby robin, that is like a fledgling in the grass outside that he's been watching uh, parents bring worms to it. It doesn't quite fly very well yet, and um, we're supposed to leave those alone, right? That's right, yeah. They jump out of the nest far far before they really should, uh, before they can fly. They're down on the ground. And then mom and dad have these babies scattered all over a yard. And they just, uh, they feed them. And they, if you get near them, you can tell because then the robins are all upset and they come and yell at you. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they do well. And it's just part of those way, the way of the robin, I guess. Uh, wandering from the nest. It's a normal part of a bird's development, and they might appear abandoned, but they're likely under the surveillance of a, uh, their parents nearby. And why do they get out of there? Oh, so early? Well, people say some. It's just uh, one of those things that they have to do to grow up to be a regular robin. Other ones say they get so noisy when they're demanding food that it draws predators to the nest. And if they can get them out of the nest and they're scattered around, it won't so likely draw predators. If they lose a baby, they're not losing the whole brood. Oh, sure. So it, it just, it, you know, for us, it doesn't make any sense. You say they're not old enough. Why are they going off now? It'd be, I suppose it'd be like us, so we think in like an 11-year-old child or something says, well, I'm off. <laughs> and uh, of course, we still have to feed them, right? but other than that, they'd be on their own. Al Bat joining us on Talk of the Town today. And Al, as we, uh, I've told you about the nest of robins that I have. I've peeked through, it's it's underneath my deck. I've peeked through the cracks of the deck. I think I can count about three eggs. Um, but then my friend said, oh, I had a baby robin in the backyard. So when should these eggs hatch if they're viable? Or is it all about the same time? It, yeah, the eggs all happen at the same time. But the, the, uh, they nest at different times. You know, it depends on the, the pair, the robins. I watched one here, and she built that nest three times on a downspout. Mm. And it slid down each time. She'd have it just about done, and then it'd slide down. And then she'd uh, say, well, you know, I, if I put this, if I put something over here, put a little mud here, Aww. I'll bet it'll be fine. Same thing happened. And she did that three times before she finally figured out and moved on. Well, what that means is she's behind now. So she goes somewhere else, and probably some other birds are, are actually uh, have 
babies by then, and she hasn't even started. And then they will have one to three broods. So sometimes one will be on the first brood, while the other one's on the second. They incubate them for about two weeks, and then the nestling period is about two weeks. But when we say the nestling period, that includes some of the time probably on the ground for a lot of them. But those eggs are that beautiful robin's egg blue. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a sky blue or blue-green, and they're unmarked. And the babies, when they hatch, they're helpless at birth, mostly naked. They have sort of a it's really sparse whitish down on them. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat to have them that close. Where, uh, but we're always uh, noting that when we're looking at the eggs, when we're checking on them, the mom's always sitting on the fence of my garden, waiting to come back. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, they're, they're great parents. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about um, how to know if that robin has been abandoned in the yard. What about baby bunnies? Because I know that there are a lot of baby rabbits, and people often find them, on, you know, mowing the lawn or underneath something. Um, how do we know when they're okay? And it's a rare week that I don't talk to somebody that says, oh, there's this little bunny in my yard. Should I go out there and catch it? And Baby cottontail rabbits leave the nest, and their nest is just sort of a scrape, maybe in the lawn or in a in a abandoned field or something. It's just a little scrape. It's not a hole, really. And they leave the nest when they're around three weeks old. And they're about to size, everybody's familiar with a chipmunk. If you look at a chipmunk, and if it didn't have a tail, it's about that size. So it's about the size, five inches long, of a tailless chipmunk. So if you find a little baby, these would be eastern cottontails, that's a size, that size, and it's fully furred with eyes open, ears erect, and the ability to hop, they are independent. And that's what you're going to see. Uh, the rest of them aren't out there because they don't come out till they're three weeks old. And mm-hmm. when they're three weeks old, they're capable of doing all that. So it's the ones we're seeing, uh, they're supposed to be out there. All right. All right. So leave them alone. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave them alone. I know you're trying to do good, right? That's um, right. And uh, people are so nice that they just uh, feel sorry and think there's something. We always think there's something we could do, and, and it's hard for us to realize sometimes that the thing we can do that's the best is nothing. Yeah. Uh, so we talked earlier about the um, difference between a pigeon and a dove. What's the difference in a swift or a swallow, somebody wanted to know? Yeah, a fella from, uh, that I know from Michigan sent me a video of these uh, all these birds flying around the air uh, and asked if they were swifts or swallows or what they were. Swifts are gray-brown. They have bodies often referenced as flying cigars. They look like cigars with wings, and they're narrow and curved wings. They move with these quick, shallow wing beads. Their tails are really short, and they're squared at the tip. And swifts can be confused with swallows. But if you see flashes of blue or orange, that's probably a swallow. And if the bird has long, skinny wings that look like they're fluttering, that's a swift. If they have thick wings tapering near the end, that's a swallow. Mm. Swifts tend to hunt high above. We hear them chattering high in the air over buildings or trees. And swallows are likely to swoop low when we're mowing the lawn, particularly. <laughs> Sometimes even when we're just walking because we kick up insects for them. And then if they all fly into a big chimney, those are swifts. And the interesting thing, one of the interesting things about 
swifts is they they use some of their saliva to help stick their nest to the inside wall of chimneys. And there might be a lot of them roosting in the chimney, but there'll only be one pair nesting in each chimney. So you might have this huge kind of smokestack-like chimney, and there'll be one pair of swifts that'll be nesting in there. So here's a personal question, our, our last question for the day. I've got, um, there is a exhaust pipe on my house. I don't know where it goes somewhere, right? And I know that there are birds living in it. And I thought, you know, do we seal this up? What is the best <laughs> way for me to make sure that we don't put a grate or something over that that needs to be covered? How long do I wait before any babies that are in there maybe yeah. get out? What do I do? I'd wait till they're out of there. And well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then then lock it up some way. And we get two kinds of birds primarily that go in there. One are house wrens because they just, anything with a hole in it, they want to nest in. And the other is our friend, the European starling, that likes to get in those kind of things. So uh, one is a much bigger bird than the other one. And, uh, you know, there's there's sounds. Typically we can tell if there's baby birds in there because they're saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. Uh, starlings are pretty much all done now, I think, with their nesting. Wrens will will continue to nest. So uh, that might be what you have. Uh, but the best thing is just to wait them out. Okay. About how long do I have to wait? And then what? About you... two years is generally. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it takes them a long time. It's when they grow up in that pipe. It's it just extends their their baby. It, no, most of them are uh, oh a couple weeks. A couple weeks. It, okay. If we can kind of generalize uh, of our songbirds. We can say, well, how long will they be in the nest? We can say two weeks. No matter what the uh, what the the species is, we're going to be pretty close to uh, being right on that. And they certainly do differ in how they how long they spend in the in the nest. But uh, wrens will have around here. They usually have at least two two broods. And then they uh, they spend a little longer than a lot of birds. You would think a robin, a bigger bird, would spend more time, but a house wren will spend like fifteen to seventeen days. Okay. As a nestling. Okay. Well, I know. Then I'll I'll just wait, and then hopefully close that up. Then probably during the day is the best time. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would. You know, just make sure nothing's in there, and I think any time <laughs> you do it would be fine. Then. Perfect. But if you go out there at night, it's they'll be quiet then, so you won't know for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, what a problem for anybody to have, I suppose. That's right. I <laughs> hope that's your major problem of the day. Yeah, so that's all I have going on at my house other than watching the robin eggs to see if <laughs> they're going to be hatch. a good day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Al Bat, thank you so much for your time today. We certainly appreciate it, and everybody that uh, listens specifically for you. Any last words for them? I hope I hope today is a be knees for everybody. <laughs> My grandma used to say that when I was a kid. Well, aren't you the bee's knees? And I thought, what in the world does that mean? And it just means, uh, you know, you're, you're wonderful. So I hope this day is wonderful for all of you.